0: Hey guys, what's up? It's Becca Hayes. And I want to ask you a question. If I handed you a cup of water and in this water it had lead, arsenic, fluoride, petroleum, chlorine, aluminum, and a few other toxins and chemicals in it, would you drink it? No? Then why are you drinking it now? Don't believe me? It's in your tap water. I know it might sound bizarre. Why? 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 Why would the government do that to us? Okay, just that question right there. Come on. The government does a lot of shady things. I have teamed up with Enviv Water. They are a sponsor for this show. I am so thankful for Enviv Water. They put a whole water system in my house. And I'm not talking about just soft water. That doesn't take out all the chemicals. I'm talking about layers and layers of chemical removers. Real, you have to realize you're bathing in this too. So not only are you drinking it and washing your vegetables and fruits and, and cooking with it, you're also bathing in it. All those toxins are going, are being absorbed through your skin. If you want your mental and physical health to become better, then you need to call Ennevive Water. Have them come out. They will test your water for free or you can go visit their location in Pleasant Grove and they can test your water there. Give my friends a call at 801-993-0080. And because they're so awesome, if you mention my name, they will give you half off a chemical remover. You're saving like $700, $800 right there. Again, that's eight zero one nine nine three zero zero eight zero, or visit their website at ennevive.com. That's E-N-E-V-I-V-E.com. They can service anywhere in the United States. Chemical free is the way to be. everybody welcome back to the Becca Hayes show I'm your host per usual Becca Hayes thanks for joining me today I prolonged this podcast because I wanted to collect a little bit more thoughts and more information um, of what I wanted to share with you guys a lot has happened the last time that I've actually recorded a podcast so I'm gonna break down kind of what's going on in my life and how I'm navigating navigating everything I was reflecting actually the other day and I was like, "Oh, I've come so far. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to take you all the way back to like Oregon years in Vegas, but just from the, like the last year, the amount of growth I've had, it's insane. And I was reflecting on that and I was thinking um, the challenges uh, I've been through and still continue to go through. I, I don't think we ever stop going through challenging times. And that's a good thing. I've shifted my perspective into embracing those challenging times, um, knowing that I'm going to learn something from it and I'm going to receive growth from it. I also signed up for this life. You know, prior to coming here, I believe we signed up for everything that is happening to us, that we would know everything before coming to this earth or whatever world you came to. <laughs> anybody out there listening on different planets, you know what I'm talking about. So yeah, so I shifted my perspective and I realized that the challenging times help us grow, that we're, we're going to learn something from it. And if you go into it thinking that, changing your mindset, it's so different. I was really good at the whole, why me? <laughs> I was really good at it. I still am. It's It's a work in progress, guys. But I don't know, I was reflecting and I was like, oh, I've come so far. And I actually finished the book Awareness by Anthony DelMelo, which I can't stress that enough. You guys need to read it. It's so freaking good. It's definitely an ego slap. <laughs> and what I mean ego slap is it really makes you think and makes you realize what is important in life and what isn't. And we, when we can distinguish what's important in life and what is, what isn't important in life. Our life can go so much smoother. We have so much more peace and joy and happiness. It's just, it's it's a paradigm shift. It's amazing. But before I get into that, I'm going to kind of just briefly go down the line of what <laughs> I've been working on, what I've been creating, um, what's going on in my life, because that's what this podcast is about, is about kind of things that I get through and how I overcome them and what I create. So lucky you. <laughs> so update on the animals because I know you guys are all dying to hear uh just today actually this morning I went out and played fetch with Charlie my golden doodle which by the way his health is just top-notch I ever since that incident if you guys listened to um the previous podcast I talked about Charlie like spazzing out and having all these health problems and like literally changed within hours it was insane and we didn't even see a vet so he's doing great and everybody that had their thoughts and prayers um for him thank you so much for that I appreciate it because I do believe in that that it does help so Charlie's doing great we're out playing fetch and the goats are getting so much more (laughs) personable the little white one the one with the less coloring her name's Sun my kids named these goats okay Sun and Shadow (laughs) brilliant (laughs) they dig after their mom and Sun always comes up to me whenever I'm outside and does her little baths you know I don't know how well I did that, but you know what I'm, you know what I'm trying to get at. She comes over to me, and she just loves that I like just give her all these scratches and pets, and she's just eating it all up. And Shadow just kind of hangs out in the shadows, <laughs> isn't quite sure about me yet, but tags along, but keeps a distance, uh, more than six feet. <laughs> and so, well, yeah, Shadow hasn't completely warmed up to me yet sun's all over me. Okay. Well, I have a deck that leads out to the outside, the backyard. And I went up the deck this morning and I can hear these little, like, these little, not footsteps, but what are the little trough, the little, the little, what the fuck, What are those called? The hoofs, these little hoof steps (laughs) coming up the porch. And these turds are like all over my porch now. I had my door open because I was, Charlie was coming in and Jojo the cat they were coming inside and the and sun just kind of runs up and goes right in my house. And I'm like, Oh no, <laughs> but it was so cute. I don't know. There was something about seeing a goat in my house. I was just like, Oh my gosh, this has happened. Like I have died and I've gone to heaven. But then reality kicked in real quick. And I was like, Oh no, no, no. You're not shitting and peeing in my house. Okay. Get out. So I kicked the goat out, but just kind of funny. Now that they know like that door opens, cause they usually wait out the back door. I have this door that leads out, um, of the garage, and that's where I, I go out every morning and every night to feed them, and they're always waiting at the garage door. It's it's actually pretty tender, and whenever I open it, they're there, they're ready to eat and embrace my my loving arms. Well, one of them is. Hang second. My cat is up in my grill. Lulu, get down. Cat, Lulu, go now. Sorry, guys. I told you I live on a fucking farm. Um, so yeah, so we got the goats are getting more friendly, um, probably in the next month or so, at least with sun, I'm going to start training her to jump on my back. <laughs> Cause you know, I got the goats for goat yoga It's something that I see in the new, near future. So I am going to start training them for goat yoga that is coming up. So stay tuned for that. And also I haven't even posted about this yet, but I'm going to post about it sometime today, if not in the morning. Um so if you guys don't follow me on social media, follow me on definitely on Instagram and my other Instagram account, the Rose Moon official. That's my business name, my holistic healing business name. I came up with the idea of going to the mystic hot Springs, which is so mystical and magical. <laughs> but really though, like all that those minerals and the the natural earth and the hot springs, oh my gosh, I can't wait. Um, and I don't know why I've never been. It's about two hours from me. It's in um, Monroe, Utah. And I thought taking a small group of women, so this is going to be all women, and we're going to go up there. And just for one night, um, I've rented the little cabin and a couple of their fun, like, hippie buses that you sleep in. This is totally embracing your inner hippie, by the way. So if you don't like hippie stuff, this is not the retreat for you. But if you're curious, if you even have the thought of it, then yes, you should try it. Because life's all about trying new things and and stop being scared of, of new things. So anyways, I'm really excited about that. I just booked, um, the cabin and a couple buses. And so I'm going to actually send out a post soon. It will be up on my website as well. Um, so yeah, look for that. And that is going to be January. Let's see. It's going to be January 14th. So it's going to be a Friday to Saturday morning Um, There's going to be food. I'm going to be cooking for everybody. We're going to have like one ceremony in that ceremony. You're going to get Reiki healing from me. Um, We'll do some plant medicine. Totally legal, of course. (laughs) And a few other things. And like, I'm thinking about having some um, face painting and stuff. So like kind of embracing that feminine side and that fun, like warrior, goddess, sexy, this is me, move, bitch, get out the way side. So... I'm excited about that. So that's coming. So that's going to be January 14th. It is going to be very limited. I can only take a small group of women. So I'm really excited about that. Look for that post. Or if you have any questions, you can also direct message me uh, at Becca Hayes Media Group at gmail.com. So that is something that I'm creating. And I'm going to continue to create these retreats. I freaking love them. Um, I had a, a wellness retreat, I believe I talked about it on this podcast, but I had a wellness retreat about a month ago and it was just phenomenal. It was for men and women and that there is another one coming. I think i are going to do it at the end of January. I'm going to have also another, um, men and women wellness retreat. And it's going to be, these are all kind of local because, um, we all know travel sucks right now and it's pretty unknown so why not go to these beautiful locations that we have here in Utah? So it's going to be it's going to be gorgeous. And if you can fly in great, um I can arrange um transportation and obviously figure it out with you. So that's coming up to the end of January we'll have another wellness retreat. Um some of my thoughts um in thinking about recording this podcast. Um I had my kids are so freaking awesome. I just love them. I mean, I could be biased, but I feel like they're the best. But I was I was laying down on the couch yesterday. And I have, I, I'm big into sound therapy. So I have tuning forks. Uh, I have sound crystal sound bowls. I recently added to my sound collection um, the Akashi chimes. So it's like these Japanese, like little wind chime things. And there's four of them representing four elements, wind, fire, earth, and air. And my son picked it up and (laughs) I was laying down and he took one of the chimes, I think it was air, and he put it over like he was like doing it over my head area. Cause I did this once on him, just one time. And he goes, okay mom, close your eyes. I'm like, okay, (laughs) this is Boston, my oldest son. And he goes, no, I just want you to think about things that you're grateful for. And also things that you love and tell, and just relax and sit in that. And I'm like, I'm dying because I'm like, oh my gosh, my heart is going to explode. And he's, he's playing the chimes over my head and my body. And I'm just like, oh, I love you. Like, it was just so cool. It was such an amazing moment. And my other little son, Tucker, he loves to meditate with me. And we shared some pretty cool meditation moments the other day too. And he was having a stressful morning and I was like, why don't you just go grab some crystals and let's just lay down next to each other and I'll put on some good music. And we, we did Christmas music like instrumental that morning, but it just, it's just really cool. Um, I think it's so important that you be that example for your kids, whatever you want them to become. It's, it's you being the example is the strongest thing. They, they see you, they mimic you. Even when you don't realize it, because I had no clue. Boston remembered all that and and to say those things to me. I I did this one time to him, and of course he's seen me do it to other people. But um, it's so important to be that example. And yeah, it, I mean, it, and it goes good or bad, right? I mean, if I'm always yelling at him, which that's something that I'm working on. I'm like, I love to yell because it's just so easy, and that's something that I grew up doing. Like my dad yelled, I, he more like screamed, but. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like one of the more mellow kids out of the family, but I still have a tendency to yell and I'm really trying. That's something that I'm I'm aware of that I'm really trying to work on. And, um, and it's okay, obviously to mess up. Like I, I still, I don't yell as much, but I still yell occasionally. Cause I'm like, they get me frustrated and I'm like, come on, we gotta go. You know, just that, that intense, um, energy, and my oldest son always calls me out on it, which I'm so appreciative because he really puts that awareness right back into my face. Mom, why do you have to yell? Mom, you hurt my feelings when you do this. Like, oh my gosh, you're so smart. <laughs> and so that's something that I'm working on that I'm aware of, but it's so important to be that example because your, your kids do watch you and they, and they do follow you and they do mimic you. So I'm pretty, I'm a proud mama. Especially in this moment right now, because that just recently happened, it was pretty cool. Um. Okay. Oh, this weekend I'm getting my Reiki's masters. Oh, this weekend I'm getting certified in Reiki. Um. I'm. Uh, this weekend I'm getting certified in becoming a Reiki master. So that's kind of the last step of the Reikiness. <laughs> There's Reiki one, two, and three, and this is the third step. So this certification. Um, will allow me to, uh, in in Reiki, there's certain symbols that represent um, certain energy um, work. And so this one, I'll receive the last symbol and then um, a few other things to empower my, my Reiki practice. And then also the big thing is I'll be able to teach Reiki. So that is coming soon. Um, I'm going to be holding Reiki classes. So I'll be teaching Reiki one and two, and then also Reiki master's coming soon probably in the next couple months so stay tuned to that if that's something that you are thinking about please reach out to me I'd love to talk to you about it uh and I'm getting my basement finished oh, so many things guys I know I've talked I think I've mentioned briefly that um I was going to get my basement finished but Sean Sean Footy <laughs> he's gonna actually finish my basement for me um doing it for like such a good price because I'm poor <laughs> he really he does he has amazing heart um and so yeah he's actually going to be starting in the next probably this this week actually so this pod this podcast might take a pause um for the next few weeks just until I can get it situated I'm probably gonna have to move all my equipment upstairs it's gonna be a little more chaotic because all my kids are up there and stuff but I'll figure it out so I'll have my like studio all done I will have also my um my healing modalities and everything downstairs. And so that will be all like the rose moon. And so I'll be able to do all my ceremonies, um, all my energy work, my trainings, everything down here, which I'm really excited about. It's going to be beautiful. Um, Sean's work is, is awesome. So excited about that. Um, and I'll keep you guys updated, uh, on Sean's work and And tell you all about it and what he's very creative so i'm excited to see what he has i've kind of just gave him all the reins and been like okay just create something i know that you're gonna do it well so i'll I'll tell you what he ends up doing it's gonna be cool i'm excited and we're gonna have a grand opening too because the rose moon hasn't had a grand opening yet because i've been doing it out of my living room It's, hey guys come for the grand opening i'm going to make sure that there's a ribbon cutting right at my front door so as soon as you walk in the door we're going to cut the ribbon and then we're going to go to the fireplace okay because that's where i do all my healing modalities and journeys and ceremonies and all that fun stuff um <laughs> so we will actually have a ribbon cutting because the whole basement's basically going to be the rose moon besides one area that's my studio so you guys are all invited. I'm not gonna send out an invitation, okay? I'm gonna just post post it on my social media. Whoever wants to come can come. Okay. Um. All right. So I'm gonna get in. So now that you guys have been updated a little bit on my life and what is coming, I recently told you I finished the Anthony DelMello's book, Awareness. And excuse me, sorry. I'm getting my my nose has been a little stuffy. I don't feel like sick or anything. It's just stuffy. So that's why I sound a little clogged, but. Chapter, I think it was in chapter 51 or 52. This is towards the end of the book. And he's talking about how you lose the mind to find the mind. And I've heard this before. I, I was thinking about it the other night when I was finishing his book. And I was like, oh my gosh, I've lost my mind. You guys were like, finally she admits it. <laughs> no, I really did. I lost my mind. And I had addictions. And I was I was reflecting back on my life. Just and This is only just like a year or two ago. I got a little more than that, probably a little over two years ago. I started drinking when I was probably 30. Shit, how old was I? How old am I now? 35. <laughs> I started drinking when I was probably like 33, like really started drinking. It would 32. Started drinking when I was like probably around 32, really started drinking. And I'm not talking about like getting hammered all the time, but there was moments where I would lose myself in alcohol and what I would drink because um I was trying to numb all the emotions that I was I didn't want to feel. Um, I was in a lot of transitions. I still am in a lot of transitions, but I was definitely I was in unknown transitions, and I didn't know how to handle the unknown. I didn't know how to embrace the challenging times. Ew. I was completely in a phase of I felt like it was darkness, I was lost. Now it turned to alcohol. And I remember I was dating I think it was Brady at the time. Yeah, it was Brady. And if you guys don't know about Brady, oh, he was on the the prior, my prior podcast, The Good Girl, which is no longer exists anymore. <laughs> so you can't listen to it. But Brady was the younger guy I was dating. He was like ten years younger than me. <laughs> he was mature in a lot of ways and really was a great guy. There was just obviously some differences there that, you know. It didn't work out, and that's okay. You know, people come in your lives for some for a reason. Sometimes just a season. There you go. I remember that quote. So I I believe he did come in my life for a reason, and it was to I think to help me wake up. And I had a really bad breakup with my prior boyfriend before Brady, and I really turned to alcohol. <clears throat> um, the weekend I went and have my kids. I'd have my friends over. I'd party a lot, and. You know, I, I would get pretty toasted. I I would never say I like would get blackout drunk. I wasn't a big fan of that, but I would get to the point where I was relying on alcohol heavily. I ha- I would have a drink or two at night just to relax and I would fall back on that. And that's okay. Like some people really enjoy having a glass of wine or so, but like mine, was, mine wasn't mine was just to relax and like, oh, I deserve this. Like I'm going to just enjoy this. Mine was I need to let go. I need to let loose. I need to forget my worries. I need to numb my pain. And there's a difference. There's a difference when you're running from something and there's a difference when you really, hey, I feel good in my life. I'm just going to enjoy this. And so I was doing that. So to me, that was an addiction. And I would never, you never admit it when you're in it, right? you're like, I'm not addicted. No, it's not me. Not like those people. (laughs) It's beneath me. You'd never admit it until you're actually stepped out of it. Looking back, I was addicted. I was addicted to alcohol because it was something that I was using to cope with. I wasn't more, I wasn't one of the more extreme cases, but I still was addicted. An addiction um, doesn't mean that you have to like completely get smash or it's like completely unhealthy for your body. Addiction is something that you use as a crutch that you rely on. So I was addicted to alcohol. I didn't realize that until well actually I had the the big epiphany just the other night, but I didn't realize I was so heavily relying on alcohol until probably I want to say probably 3 or 4 months ago when I got to a moment where I was like, oh, "I don't even really like drinking. Like it gives me headaches." And I, I would have one drink and I would, I would get a headache the next morning. So I knew it wasn't in harmony with my body. And lucky you guys, if you do drink and you don't get headaches, like kudos. <laughs> I guess this was it was a good thing that my body reacted this way. And then I, and then I would think about it I'm like, oh, I have more fun when I'm not drinking because when I drink, I get really tired too. I just want to go to bed. And so I don't even want to like stay up and hang out with people or talk to people or like really engaging conversations with people anymore. So I started, I started recognizing, I started becoming aware. There's the key word right there, becoming aware. I started becoming aware of all these negative side effects dealing with alcohol. This isn't for me. Um, I don't mind having a drink occasionally, but I'm to the point where I don't crave it anymore. I don't, I don't lean on it. I don't use it as a crutch i don't use it to um numb the pain or numb the challenges in life and forget my worries i don't use it for any of those reasons and so i want to say that i don't have the addiction anymore which i'm very proud of myself Um, but it took me a while it took me a lot of inner work it took me a lot of falling on my face metaphorically (laughs) to realize that It just wasn't good for me anymore. I'm not a big fan of alcohol. I do. I'm not saying I won't occasionally have a glass of wine or not, but that was a good awareness and eye-opener for me. But I'm going to go back on speaking about Anthony Mello's awareness book because a lot of that stuff in there really hit home. I'm going to play a part for you guys that just really resonated
1: with me. If you wish to understand this, think of a little child that is given a taste for drugs. As the drugs penetrate the body of the child, it becomes addicted, and its whole being cries out for the drug. To be without the drug is so unbearable, a torment, that it seems preferable to die. Think of that image. The body has got addicted to the drug. Now, this is exactly what your society did to you when you were born. You were not allowed to enjoy the solid, nutritious food of life. Namely, work, play, fun, laughter, the company of people, the pleasures of the senses and the mind. You were given a taste for the drug called approval. appreciation, attention. You know, to the point where psychologists began to tell us that a child needs attention. You've got to give him plenty of attention after you've drugged the child, yes. I'll be quoting a great, great man after a while, a man called Neil. Those of you in education have surely heard of him. A.S. Neil, the author of Summerhill. Neil says, the sign of a sick child is that it is always hovering around its parents it is interested in persons the healthy child has no interest in persons it is interested in things you know when when the child is sure of mother's love it forgets mother it's going out to explore the world it's curious looking for a frog to put into its mouth kind of thing when he's hovering around mother bad sign He's insecure. Maybe mother has been trying to suck love out of the child and not giving the child, giving the child all the freedom and assurance it wanted. Mother's always been threatening to go away in many subtle ways. All right, so we were given a taste for the drug called addiction, approval, attention. The drug called success, you've got to make it to the top. Prestige, get your name in the papers. Power. Be the boss. That's a success story. People take orders from you. We were given a taste for this. Be the captain of the team. Lead the band. Having got a taste for these drugs, you became addicted and began to dread their loss. So the control. You felt terror at the prospect of failure, of making mistakes the prospect of criticism from others. So you became cravenly dependent on people and you lost your freedom. Others now have the power to make you happy or miserable. You're craving for your drug. And much as you hate the suffering that this involves, you find yourself completely helpless. There is never a minute when consciously or unconsciously, you are not aware Of you're not attuned to the reaction of others marching to the beat of their drum. A nice definition of an awakened person is that this person no longer marches to the drums of society. This person dances to the tune of the music that springs up from within. When you are ignored or disapproved of, you experience a loneliness so unbearable, that you crawl back to people to beg for the comforting drug called support, encouragement, reassurance. To live with people in this state involves a never-ending tension. Have you ever paused to think of that? Living with people is tension. Sartre, hell is the other. How true when you are in this state of dependence, but how true? You've always got to be on your best behavior. You can never let your hair down. You've got to live up to expectations. You're you're always tense. To be with people is to live in tension. To be without them brings the agony of loneliness. You miss them. You have lost your capacity to see them exactly as they are, and to respond to them accurately, because your perception of them is clouded by the need to get your drug. You're always looking at people, consciously or unconsciously, through these eyes. Will I get what I want from them? Will I not get what I want from them? And if they can neither support nor threaten my drug, I'm not interested in them. That's a horrible thing to say. But my dear friends, I wonder if there's anyone in this room of whom this cannot be said.
0: It's pretty interesting about the addictions, huh? Definitely gives you a different perspective on it and realize that there's there's a lot of addictions out there that we're not aware of. Self-awareness is the best thing I think that you could ever give yourself. This is when I had all the aha moments and it all just kind of clicked for me. And then I, I reminisced back in my life and I talked about being addicted to alcohol, but that wasn't the only addiction that I had. And it's, it's interesting because when people think think of addicts they think of drugs they think of alcohol they think of harmful harmful things that we put in our bodies but that's not all that's not all that we're addicted to i remember when i was in the radio even prior to that i was addicted to compliments i was addic- i was addicted to the fame i thrived off of people giving me compliments i loved it i still do i still love it. it makes me feel so good inside but what happens when you have a negative compliment it wipes away all those positive compliments we dwell on that one negative compliment or or others or many negative compliments and it would crush it it crushed me i remember when i'd get all these good compliments in and then i'd have that one negative compliment i'd dwell on it it'd make me angry it'd make me sad it'd make me think maybe i should change who i am maybe i need to do this maybe i just crumbling it was like my whole foundation just crumbling out from under me and I'm like why do I let people dictate my life and and why do I let them control how I feel and my reactions and I had no power I was basically just out in the open naked no protection I didn't protect myself I didn't believe in myself apparently the aha moment for me especially just a few few nights ago when I finished this book was I used to do that I don't do that anymore at least i'm aware of it now and i catch myself and that's that's the important thing is you don't have to be perfect we never will be perfect but the best thing that you can do is be become aware of your surroundings become aware of who you are become aware of what of what your responses are i was addicted to those feelings so yeah so i had a lot of uh, other addictions that i didn't even realize I feel like you have to get to a place where you just don't care. You don't care about the good compliment and you don't care about the negative compliment. Because if we see what happens, if we care so much and rely on those feelings that we receive from those good compliments, what are we going to do with the negative ones? We're also going to dwell on that. You can't. it's, It's yin and yang. You can't enjoy one without the other. So that's why you just let whatever it is be. Let it be. So I don't seek confirmations anymore i don't seek the fame anymore i mean of course do i want more listeners to listen to this of course but what will be will be i don't dwell on it anymore it's not important to me anymore what's important to me is me my family and in life in nature i love just going outside and sitting in the sun and just feeling the sun's embrace on me and just soaking it in and giving appreciation and thanks for the sun i love smelling the roses right next to my garage every time i pull into my garage i get out and i smell that the roses and they smell so wonderful and i i pause and i take a moment to just fully embrace that smell you know it goes back to that saying stop and smell the roses never really quite understood that until now but it's all about becoming aware awareness will set you free and that's what it's done for me It set me free. And and it's so important to just slow down. When we slow down, that's when we can really listen to what things that we need, our soul needs, what we need to do, what we need to change, what we need to become aware of. If we're constantly go, go, going, like you miss a lot of the signs, you miss a lot of the important things that your soul needs to hear and that you need to sort out and figure out. That was really hard for me. It still kind of is because I was in such, and I still am in survival mode to a degree. But prior to that, I was like, I got to do this. I'm a single mom. I have to hurry and do this. I got to hurry and make sure that this is perfect here. I got to make sure that this is done right here. Everything is on my shoulders and I have to just go, 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 go. And it wasn't until I started slowing down and taking the time to meditate every morning. I meditate twice a day now. I meditate in the morning and at night before I go to bed. And it's so weird how I have more time and more things to process now that I've slowed down and I'm actually living my life instead of just being on standby and watching life go by. I'm actually in it and living it. It's a big difference. And only aware people will understand that. I felt like I was just keeping my body alive. And that's not a life. That's not living. And when I really lost my life, a.k.a. losing my media job, losing my identity, losing, losing all the things that I identified with, completely breaking my ego apart, that's when I, I started to actually live. That's when I started to become aware. That's when I was okay with slowing down. That's when I was okay with the challenging times. I'm still in the challenging times. This isn't me saying, "Oh my gosh, I'm like perfect now. Like everything's glorious now that I'm awake and I'm aware." Like that's just not how it happens. <laughs> you see these memes. Oh gosh, I saw this meme the other day. Not the other day. It's like a year ago. <laughs> that's how it <what> happens. <laughs> saw this meme, and it said like. I'm awake now. And like, this woman was like sitting in Lotus pose and she had the like the biggest smile on her face. And like, there was fields of like purple and, and beautiful colors and roses and lavender behind her. And like the sun was just on her face and it was just glorious. Like she's awake now. And then you saw like a side-by picture of that picture. And it was of a person in bed with their eyes, like, just like, Deer in headlights, afraid, and just like, holy fuck, what, what, what do I do now? Like, what now? It's just kind of funny because that's that's more realistic. Um, awakening is never easy. At least I don't think think it is. Maybe you talk to other people, it is, but for me, it wasn't. Awakening was a bitch. It was a it was a big slap in the face. <laughs> but I'm so glad. I know it's weird. It's like oh, I love being slapped in the face. No, no, that, that sounded really bad. But you know what I mean. Like it was. I'm so glad and I'm so happy now because once you're aware, you see how you were just on autopilot. You see how you were not actually living. And when you learn to actually live and embrace everything and do it in a very conscious way, in a a way of awareness, it's so different. And only people that become aware will understand this. And I hope that even if you're not, you're still in the whole autopilot, that's okay. Like, I hope that this hits you enough to where you're like, I'm curious what she went through. I'm curious about this whole awakening. I'm curious of what it would be like for me and what changes I can make in my life. And how can I really start living a beautiful and harmonious life? So I'm hoping that I will be that little spark in you. Because by me just telling you about my journey and what I'm going through or what I think is right, won't ever do it for you. You have to experience it all. You have to be the one to jump off the cliff. Even if I push you off the cliff you'd still it probably would just, nah, you'd probably just flat. Like you had to be the one to, to jump because up until that jump is what you'll learn a lot too in order to really live a beautiful life. I hope all that made sense. <laughs> Let's see, the other night when I finished this book, so, you know, Jake and I broke up. So I've had a lot more time on my hands, but we still we still see each other. You know, he he moved out, but... Um, Our kids still love to play together, and we still obviously care—you know—deeply about one another. Um, It's just the timing. Maybe it was a little off, or maybe we needed the separation in order to sort things. Um, I mean, I believe that we did. I believe that we needed some space to continue to grow and do the things that we love. Um, But we still see each other. And the other night, he wasn't at my house, and. I realized, and this is the cool thing, is because once you open those floodgates, once you open that awakening in your inside of you, all of a sudden you start. You have a domino effect. You start to become aware of so many other things that you do or that you don't do, Um, and who you are, like who you really are as a person, and not just not this person that society has raised and brought forth. No, who were you? Who you really were before society? Helped raise you because that's, that's an interesting thing about being awake also is we've, <laughs> we've had society raise us and our parents and they, they've raised us to, to be who they think we should be and and what is acceptable in society. And that's the thing with awakening. You have to undo all that. You literally have to die <laughs> and be reborn. That's what it is. That's what awakening is, is, is a rebirth. And it's, and it's scary because you're like, fuck, who am I? Who is this person? Do I even know this person? Like, I feel like I have glimpses and images of this person, but I don't know even how to handle myself because I've, I've been conditioned into playing this role in society. That's isn't even really who I am. And so I had a, another aha moment the other night. I had a lot of them the other night. And I'm, so I'm glad that I saved this podcast for a little later times because usually I put them out on Monday. Sorry, guys, I've been slacking. But I, I want the content to be good and to be enlightening and to be impactful. So I I'm was sitting and I was like, I have a hard time being alone. <laughs> and then, you know, they awakened me. It's like, okay, Becca, let's explore this. Why do you have a hard time being alone? Because when I'm alone, I am faced with my thoughts. And I'm not talking like I was able to meditate and get through things and all that fun stuff when Jake lived with me, but I was never actually alone. So there's a big difference when someone actually moves out and like no one is here. Like even having him in the other room, I didn't feel lonely. I only feel alone when I really don't have anybody around me. So this is something that I'm, this is new to me that I'm figuring out that I'm working with. And so I'm like, okay, why do you feel alone? I haven't fully figured this out yet, guys. So bear with me, but at least I'm, I'm becoming aware of it. So I feel like when there's something that's scary, when you have that fear, there, you have to face it. And I'm not saying to overcome it. I'm not saying to conquer it, but you have to face it to um, let it coexist inside of you and and let it be harm. Har- let it harmonize with you. It's a part of me. There's a reason why I have that fear. And that's something that I'm aware of now and I have, I'm facing. And it's not just because of a breakup. I've always been this way. And this is, here's another great thing I was reflecting on throughout my whole life. Like I've really never, like I've been alone, but I haven't really been alone. I moved out in, um, I moved out of my dad's house when I was 18, 19, moved to Vegas, you know, lived with a bunch of roommates, a bunch of girls for like six years. Um, I didn't live on my own. I then moved to Utah and my sister got sick. I was with some family and friends. Then I, then I got married. um, And, you know, was in that for about seven years. And then I got divorced and then, yeah, I was on my own, but I was always, I always had boyfriends. I was always in and out of relationships. I really have never been alone. And for some reason being alone scares me. So that's something that I feel like, I need to do is just be more alone and sit with myself more without friends around, without um, any partner relationship. And it's scary as fuck for me for some reason. I don't know if anybody can relate to this, but (laughs) it's something that I'm going to work on. And I'm grateful that I'm aware of it now, but I feel like there's something there. Uh, another thing that i was aware of um about when i have my my lonely times i used to say in the past i'm like oh i'm depressed <laughs> and uh, even blame other people oh my gosh she makes me so mad she makes me so angry and the feeling is in me it's not her that is making me feel this way It's actually, it's just me. So I stopped pinning my emotions on other people. I stopped doing the, well, I am so upset because of this person. I'm not doing that anymore. Now I'm going to sit with myself and be like, okay, why am I feeling this? Because most of the time it's a reflection. (laughs) It's something in that person that is in you as well, and it's triggering you. So sit with it and, uh, and try to explore why you feel that way because it's not the person doing that to you. No matter what the situation is, it's something inside of you that is triggered. So sit with it and explore it. And I believe I've said this before on this podcast, but if you listen from this pot, I mean, if you have been listening from the start, <laughs> bless <laughs> you've made it this far, don't stop. But it is, it's kind of a, a record of my, my journey of becoming awake it really is and i didn't even realize what i was doing until now that it is kind of me i use this this platform as my journal really i do and i i'm so happy where i am now and it's so interesting looking back it really is i'm just like fuck <laughs> All this shit I went through and I'm still alive and I'm more awake and living my best life. I was telling my friend the other day, I'm like, I am in the most debt I've ever been in my entire life. The poorest by far I've ever been. Less manicured and less, my eyelashes look like Isma from Emperor's New Groove. I have like three on each eye right now. And, but I'm like, I'm the happiest. I'm the happiest I've ever been with the less stuff the less clutter in my mind and in my personal like uh, physical life. I am the happiest I've ever been. And it's so funny how that is. (laughs) It's so funny. And I'll tell you the number one thing that I've learned through this journey so far, and I'm still learning so much. I don't have the answers to hardly anything, but I do feel a lot. I know that I confirm my, my feelings. I feel first and then I confirm it with my head. I feel that it's truth and I feel that it's right because it's just, it's too good not to be. It makes too much sense. The synchronicities in itself are just off the chart. I'll tell you that fear is the number one killer of all dreams. Fear is what held me back for so long and and I still, I, I pushed through it a lot because there's a lot of things that I did that people were like, oh my gosh, I don't know how you did that. I don't know how you had the balls to do that. Um, but I did it. And, but I still had a lot of fear holding me back from who I'm becoming right now, who I am right now. And fear was the thing that you really have to check. You really have to let go because when you have fear, you won't grow. When you have fear, you're not living. Fear is the ultimate killer of everything in all dreams. Um, I'll tell you a story about fear. Um, I I mentioned this um, in the beginning of this episode. I was going to talk to you about one journey that I haven't really fully talked about. I took a weekend. This is a little while ago, and I went out of the country where this was legal, and I did a journey um, with the bufa frog. Those of you that aren't familiar with the bufa frog, the bufa frog is five meo DMT. Now it's not the same as the synthetic DMT or the DMT that our bodies can pr- produce through breath. It's, I mean, it's similar, but it's not. 5-MeO is like the strongest, most purest form of DMT, DMT you can get. And it comes from a frog or a toad. It comes from this, they call it the Bufa alvarius venom toad. <laughs> um, They're found in Colorado a lot and in a few other places. It's the venom secretion that you vaporize. And that's what takes you on the journey. It only lasts about 10 to 15 minutes. It's very profound. Um, A lot of people talk about, at least what I heard, talk about like walking with God and in colors they've never seen before and basically heaven and all these amazing things and, and just enlightenment non-stop for 15 minutes so I was really excited I was like oh my gosh this is gonna be so amazing <laughs> I'm gonna see all these these rad like creatures and animals you know I love animals I'm like I'm gonna see all this I'm gonna talk to God even more and and just you know just these expectations of what it was supposed to be <laughs> this is why we don't have expectations guys <laughs> so I went there and I had the medicine administered to me and I fell back because it literally just knocks you out. Okay. And I, as I was falling, it was like, I was falling in like dimensions. That's the best way to put it. It's really hard to describe this. So I'm going to, I'm going to try my best. So I was like falling and as I was falling it was like I was going through different dimensions and my hearing it was like turning into echoing cuz there was some music playing in the background so it was like echoing as I was falling and I swear I must have fall like maybe 15 20 different dimensions I don't know maybe not that much it just seemed like a lot and it was all dark it was all black and I'm like okay when am i going to see all these beautiful colors <laughs> I'm waiting <laughs> nothing didn't see anything it was all black then I started throwing up profusely. And this isn't that common with this, actually. Um, a lot of people don't throw up with this. But for some reason, I had a lot of stuck energy that I needed to get out. And I was throwing up. Um, I was laying on my side, so I was safe. And there was obviously a facilitator and everything was with me. So I was throwing up. And I was, I was throwing up. Um, I had the impression that was fear. I had fear that needed to come out of me. So this was, ugh, I'm getting emotional thinking about it. This was at the time of my life when I really didn't know what to do with my life. Like I had an idea, I had this urge, I had this, this nudge of what I should be doing, but I was still scared. I was scared to dive into it fully because it wasn't like, it wasn't the norm. It wasn't like society. It wasn't safe. This wasn't the safe journey. And so I had all this fear in me still, and I hated it. Every time I would feel good about something, fear would come in and just fuck everything up, and it would make me so mad. I'm just like, gosh, I was feeling so good, and I know that I'm on the right path, and all of a sudden fear just comes in, and it's just like, we're just going to fuck everything up and make you feel horrible about yourself and make you feel horrible about what you're choosing to do with your life and Everything you know this is also identifies as self-doubt fear same thing (laughs) and I had this in me and I knew it was in me and that that day uh, I felt fear I could feel it like a ball it was started from my root chakra and it started coming all the way up and I felt it seriously like in the most physical way like a ball just coming up and out of me and after that happened it was like i died it was like it, they they call this they just, i'm assuming this was the ego death and <laughs> i remember I mean, i'm still in darkness i mean it's just dark and i wasn't ever scared though like i don't want you to think the dark was scary at all it wasn't i was i felt at peace but i knew what my body was it was like transforming in my mind, my spirit, my soul—all, all of it combined—was transforming. And oh, I remember just after the fear came out of me, I my I felt like just I felt dead in a good way. I know this is really weird. <laughs> Bear with me. <laughs> I felt my bones. I didn't feel any life in me. I felt like my life was outside of my body. I felt my body was just dead. I just felt like there was no flesh on it. There was no muscles, nothing. It was just bones. So I took that as a death, as a rebirth. And then all of a sudden I felt my spirit start coming back into my body and felt like my body filling up and becoming whole again. And so I really felt like that was an ego death for me. And I I had thrown up. I had got rid of fear. And that was probably one of the best things that has ever happened to me. Um yeah I've gone on a lot of other journeys. You guys know I've done mushroom journeys in all the legal places. <laughs> um and that has obviously changed my life as well. It's it's played off of that journey. It's helped me navigate, it's helped me figure out my past lives and why I am the person I am and what i'm doing in this life my purpose everything it's been amazing i love plant medicine i can't i can't speak enough about it um but the boofa frog was pretty pretty profound and <laughs> the thing that i love about myself it's kind of a love hate but i think more love i do jump in a lot of things without even researching it or knowing it and i i because i go off of my feeling i go off my intuition I, I feel that it's right and I just go into it. And and if, if I were to read about the Bufa Frog and what it could do and all the side effects, I probably wouldn't have done it. My mind would have would have uh taken over and it would have been like, Yeah, no, sorry, not for me. So I'm scared. I'm so glad that I went with my feeling and my intuition and my guides that I allowed myself to guide me to um this beautiful experience that I had because Not having fear and like letting go go of fear is the best thing I've ever done in my life. And I'm not saying it doesn't occasionally creep in, but it's very, it's very far and few in between. And I know how to handle it when it happens. That's the best thing. I'm prepared. It's like I have my armor on, my shield. I can, I can take it on. And that's what I feel like when you're not awake and when you're asleep, um, when you're not aware It's like you have no armor and we're going through life with like nothing to protect ourselves, just asleep and not aware of anything. And how scary is that? (laughs) I look back and I'm like, fuck, how did I survive? (laughs) It's insane. But, you know, we are given the gift of intuition and we do have that intuition no matter like what happens to us. It's whether we choose to grow it or not. And thankfully I chose to grow it. I'm going to leave you with this quote today. Surround yourself with people whose eyes light up when they see you. Slowly is the fastest way to get where you want to be. The top of one mountain is the bottom of the next. So keep climbing. Also, this podcast is sponsored by The Rose Moon. If you haven't been there, you should because it's an amazing place. All your holistic healing in one spot. Plant medicine, Reiki energy work sound therapy oh and guess what the rose moon is also offering gift certificates give the gift that keeps giving who doesn't want a little extra healing and self-awareness book an appointment today with the wonderful becca at 801-362-6670 801-362-6670 namaste